0: Hello, Stevie.
1: And how are you? You're back in Brooklyn.
0: Oh, I just hit the microphone. Yes, I'm back in Brooklyn for 48 hours. Then on to another week or so of tour. Uh, Yes, I've I've stopped seeing strange new worlds, and I've come back to Starfleet headquarters (laughs) to be (laughs) reprimanded by an angry... What do you call Admiral? Uh, Is that me? Yes, my the angry back. Admiral. It's nice. It's good to be home. I've forgotten how everything works, but it's good to be back.
1: As long as you can still make coffee.
0: Oh yeah, I just I just had my half, my first half cup. It's early, listeners. Early for me. It's noon. Stevie's probably been up since dawn. <laughs> but yeah, I'm on. I'm on a half cup of coffee and now drinking tea. And welcome back to the show indeed a little something we like to call <laughs> set phasers <laughs> a highly illogical Star Trek podcast uh oh man today's Star Day to start date is f- start date four one seven six one eight point two and we're talking about season one episode seven of Star Trek strange new worlds entitled the Serene squall and uh after having watched this we only have two episodes left right eight no no three uh, eight nine ten uh, yeah what I know do? right I hope
1: they will give us something else. What, what else is to come? Probably, in fact, what is to come? Lower Decks, Lower that's decks. right, that's what I'm thinking.
0: Probably Lower Decks. I think we did a news thing on this a couple months back. Like, they gave us a sort of rundown. It's like Lower Decks in the summer or something, and then mm. Discovery season five in the fall. And
1: like Picard after that, probably.
0: And Picard season two, probably 2023.
1: Season three, darling. Season three, sweetie.
0: What did I say? Season three, darling. Season, it's season two, three, of course. Season, yes, we just watched season two, didn't we? Yes, we
1: did.
0: Yes. Borgati. How could we have we've Borgatti. forgotten? Darling, Borgati. Okay, but listen, before we get into the episode, <laughs> we got to do our little Patreon preamble. Stevie, take it away.
1: Do join us on Patreon. We have lots of fun things. In fact, when Aki finally gets off Bloody Tour, we'll have our watch party. Uh, you might. True. We might even have a Zoom hang where Aki teaches us to cook, uh, much like Julia, Julia Child. Julia Child. Julia Child. Uh, so please do join us on patreon.com forward slash setphasers for more behind-the-scenes access to us, early access to episodes, and more. patreon.com forward slash setphasers. <gasps>
0: Yes. And with that out of the way, we have nothing yet left to do but then to talk about the surreal. I swear the coffee's going to kick in (laughs) by the end of the rundown. Let's run this thing down. It's time to run it down. Mm -hmm. Can you run it down Mm -hmm. for me? What just happened? Mm -hmm. Can you run it down Mm -hmm. for me? Oh, yeah. Let's run this thing down. Okay. doing a couple shoulder shoulder exercises and I'm ready. Okay, we begin on Ankastan Katil, the Vulcan Criminal Rehabilitation Center on the third moon of Amakram Lyrie. It's the personal log of Tpring, uh Spox uh, or uh, fiance, I don't know if they're betrothed. Uh, I can't remember. So, She's there. She's helping these Vulcan criminals rehabilitate. you know, it's hard work, of course. But she's also worried about her and Spock's long-distance relationship. And she feels that Spock is interested in exploring his human side. And she's been doing some research. So she goes, uh, she's been trying to uh, spice things up, as they say, in in their relationship by learning about uh, human sexuality. And they do their little Zoom call. And Spock's like, oh, hey, Dupreng, what's up? And Dupreng's like, hey, I've been reading about human sexuality. I've been reading this book, which seems really masculine. And this other book, which is couched in the masculinity of the 20th century. But you should check out this other book. And Spock's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa I thank you for being interested in that. But, uh, you know, maybe we should read these books together. And also, there's no replacement for seeing each other in person. And then they have a meaningful stare at each other. Meanwhile, uh, not meanwhile, later on. Uh, Spock is walking down the hall with Nurse Chapel, and Chapel's talking about a Doctor Aspen. They're going to meet, and she's like, "Oh, Doctor Aspen, they're super smart, they're very sharp." And Spock is sort of not paying attention, and Chapel's like, "Oh yeah, super sharp, the razor blades for for arms." And Spock's like, mm-hmm. She's like, "Wait, what's going on, Spock?" Spock's like, "Oh, I'm worried about my relationship with Dupreeg. He feels that Dupreeg might be more interested in exploring his humanity than even he is." And uh, mm. he doesn't know what to do, and Chapel advises him to just be honest, underscore, parentheses, quotation marks, uh, you know, italicize, honest, be honest with Depring. Don't try to, don't try to, you know, outthink it, just tell her the truth. And so Spock's like, okay, sure. Uh, they go into a meeting where we meet this Dr. Aspen who apparently is someone who has been running these aid missions here on the the edge of of Federation space, helping these these, uh, colonists move out. And apparently there are some colonists who are pretty uh, desperate, have been stranded in uh, uh, just outside of Federation space, uh, just at the edge. And they've been stranded there for a few months. Uh, Well, they've been stranded there for 26 days uh, they lost power. And Pike's like, you know what? We'll get them up and running in no time. And Aspen's like, oh, I see why Starfleet calls you their Boy Scout. And Pike's like, me? Boy Scout? Are you kidding? And Number One's like, actually, it's in his file. Uh, but Una reports, okay, well, we can do this thing. But there have been reports of a pirate ship called the Serene Squall carrying out raids in the sector. And Dr. Aspen's organization has lost many ships to those pirates. And they say you should stay away from them. Uh, Spock is like yeah, Enterprise will be, they'll be able to take out these pirates, and and Aspen's like I don't know, they're they're very fiercely loyal to each other, and I think you guys should just steer clear of them. And Pike mentions, oh, you know, you used to be a counselor on Starbase Twelve. But why did you get into uh, uh, this sort of like aid work? Uh, and Aspen says that they left because uh, not all who need help are able to ask the Federation to do so. And so they decided to start to run their own aid missions, these sort of independent aid missions here along the border. Just at the time, La'an reports that they are at the location of the colonial ships and everyone goes to the bridge, but there's nothing there but debris. Two ships worth of debris, and there were supposed to be three ships. Uh, And uh, they're like, well, maybe all of them are on the other ship. Was it the pirates? They may have taken hostages and taken them over the border into non-Federation space. And Spock reminds Pike, I'm not gonna see Spike this episode, I swear. Spock reminds Pike that going into non-Federation space requires Federation approval, which will take two days because they're so far from any subspace relays. And Pike's like, send the request. We're going in anyway. We'll leave some subspace buoys behind us as we go, but I'm not gonna wait and let these colonists fall to the fate of pirates. Uh, later on, Spock's walking down the corridor. hears some very loud music uh, outside of Dr. Aspen's quarters, because apparently Dr. Aspen has been called to a meeting. Uh, and Dr. Aspen is like, oh, hey, yeah, uh, I used to hit the clubs back when I was in Starfleet. It's like really intense, like clubby music that they were dancing to or working out to. It's hard to know. Uh, they have one of those little towels <laughs> that people have for nondescript physical activity afterwards. <laughs> mm, just have a
1: neck towel, if you will. A neck
0: towel. Not a towel enough to towel anything off. Just to, to like, clean up a, a... Mop
1: one's brow, perhaps. Yeah.
0: yeah, to mop one's brow or maybe clean up a spilled drink. That much you could do with a towel that size. But everyone sees that and you know, oh, this person was just working out. Uh, buh, 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 buh. Let's see. So they head to the bridge... Uh, And as they're in the turbo, Aspen's like, you know, I've worked with Vulcans before, and they're like, "Eh, what about kolinar? you know, excising yourself from your emotions? And then they have this, like, necklace, and they're like, oh, I'm having trouble putting this on. And so Spock helps them put it on. And Spock says, you know, kolinar will offer clarity, and I look forward to doing mine. Uh, So they get to the bridge. The Enterprise has picked up a distress signal on a nearby asteroid. Aspen says, it's possibly the colonist, but also could be a pirate ploy. The Enterprise proceeds with caution towards the asteroid and they get caught. They trip some sort of thing and they get caught in a laser net. Laser net, uh, uh, which Spock is like, oh, we can't cross it. and We can't move through it because it could either shut the ship down or cause a a huge explosion and kill us all. And the net is tightening around them. Uh, but Aspen suggests that isolating the asteroid with the most electromagnetic with the most electromagnetism coming off of it is probably the one that is like anchoring the thing. And if they destroy that, they can get out of the net. Uh, but they find two such asteroids, and Pike and Spock debate which to go with, and Pike tells Spock to use his gut, and Spock's like, oh, Use my gut! Ah, uh, trying to use logic! And Aspen's like, Come on, you can do it, Spock, just choose one. Spock, a spy, I did it! do Spock picks one. Man, I need I some I sort of it.
1: sound effect for when you fuck up.
0: Yeah, it's got to be a womp, 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 womp. Anyway, Spock picks one. They fire at it, the net goes down, the Enterprise continues on, baby. But we get a little exterior shot of a tiny ship, which was on the the dark side of an asteroid, which begins to follow the Enterprise in secret. Uh, Later on, Aspen goes to visit Spock uh, and says, hey, you know, when the captain told you to follow your gut, you look like you're about to have a heart attack there. And Spock's like, listen, I'm trying to find this balance between my human and Vulcan natures. It's just not natural for me to like go with my gut. I don't go with intuition. I like to work things out with logic. And Aspen's like, you know, you maybe don't need to try and balance your human and Vulcan natures. That maybe you're not one and the other or one or the other. Maybe you're neither. Uh, and also, as they leave, they say, hey, don't worry about the asteroid data. If it had been the serene squall, we'd all be dead. And then they leave. Meanwhile, Ortega's flying manual through this asteroid belt out here in non-Federation space. Uh, And captain's like, hey, you can take a break if you want. And Ortega's like, oh, no, it's like having a deep conversation with the ship. And I dig it. Uh, They find a ship ahead of them. It looks like the colonial ship. Spock detects 200 life signs in the cargo hold and 30 throughout the ship. Aspen says that could be that's about the number of all the colonists altogether. And number one suggests that they could be holding the hostage, the the colonists hostage and the other 30 may be a landing party from the serene squall the enterprise still undetected so pike makes an away team it's him and a couple others and number one is concerned about his actions but he's like hey me i'm a boy scout and they beam aboard the ship to find zero colonists no colonists there at the same time nurse chapel on the enterprise is walking down the hall hears intruders people screaming people running and she runs for a jeffrey's tube i think uh, well not well are these jeffrey's tubes yet i don't know a hole in the wall with a ladder in it. Uh, and I got lost in my notes because of the... Okay, yes. So, And then the Enterprise is unable to beam back the away team. And then Pirate's attack the bridge and Una shuts down the bridge controls and the pirates attack. And there's a pew, 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 fire. And then they hit Una and Artegas and Spock is there with Dr. Aspen and he's able to take out a few to save Dr. Aspen. But then Dr. Aspen no Spock, pushes him out of the way and gets shot in the back. Ah, trying try to protect Spock and they fall into the turbolift. Kaboom. And then another one is coming and they're shooting, pew, 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 pew. And Spock's like deck four and the door's close just in time for them to get out of there. Meanwhile, on the other ship, the away team is surrounded by a bunch of other pirates. And, and uh, I, my guess was, and I guess I was right eventually, but I wrote Orion question mark. Captain walks up and welcomes Pike to the serene squall. Oh yeah. Turn about it's fair play. So Spock and Aspen on the fourth level, Aspen is injured. Spock trying to get Aspen to sick bay. They uh, hear some noises, they duck behind a bulkhead. They see the pirates with the bridge crew. Spock makes eye contact with number one and she kind of nods him off like, no, no, don't get caught. So he and Aspen enter a Jeffrey's tube to find a different way to get to sick bay. Meanwhile, on the Serene Squall, uh, Pike is being I almost said it again. Wah, wah, wah. Pike is being beaten up for the codes to ship, and the captain. Of the, that, that works, yeah, that's no, perfect. And Pike uh, uh, is—it's like, oh, you're gonna punch me. I'm not gonna give you your information. Uh, but the captain's eating some green slop out of a bowl, and Pike's like, "Ugh, you guys eat that? That's disgusting." And they're like, "Give us the codes." And then Pike's, uh, he, he looks around, and, and the captain's like, "Everyone loves this food. It's, a, it's an Orion specialty." But he sees in the eyes of the other uh, pirates that they don't particularly like the green gruel, and so he says, "Hey, if you give my crew food and water uh, as they need, then I'll cook for you guys." And the captain is about to reject. He grabs Pike by the neck, "Give us a ghost!" But then one of his crew suggests, "Hey, we're far from Federation space. We have plenty of time, and you know the crew could use a good meal." So. Uh Meanwhile, on the Enterprise, Chapel, running alone, finds an interface, attempts to send an SOS, is locked out because uh Una locked everyone out of the systems. She's discovered by two pirates. She surrenders, saying she has no weapons, but then when one approaches, to use the spray to knock him out, and the other one knocks the weapon out of his hand, and they struggle on the floor for it. Uh, 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 but she managed to get him down and get the spray uh, and knock him out. And then hearing another noise, Chapel runs off. So... Uh, Meanwhile, on the Serene Squall, Pike has made food for the pirates and the pirate captain says, "Ah, it's edible. But it looks like the pirates are really digging it and liking it. And he starts to press Pike for the codes. And Pike is like, hey, uh, before I give you the codes, I just wonder why you'd be so foolish as to take the Federation flagship. You know, the Federation is going to be coming after us, baby. And all your buyers are not going to want that heat. So how are you going to sell the ship? And then the Orion captain's like, hey, we have more than the ship. These Klingons might pay dearly for Federation slaves. Ha, ha ha And Pike says, listen, a guy like you is unlikely to make it out of an encounter with the Klingons. I think that would be foolish. And the captain leans into Pike and says, I know what I'm doing. You better give me those clothes. And he stalks off. And then Pike smiles and shakes his head and keeps stirring his pot of what I'm going to guess is chili. Spock, meanwhile, and Aspen get to the sickbay. Spock gives Aspen a hypospray shot. Uh, says, you're lucky that that gun was set to stun. Aspen's like okay yeah okay we got to abandoned ship. They're like look you don't want to tangle with these pirates they're crazy and tells a story about how their husband the the whole thing with why they know about Vulcans is that their husband was a Vulcan was part of an aid ship that tried to fight the pirates and lost and they wish that their husband had exercised more fear than logic that day but Spock does not truck with that. Uh, He goes into a room gets some phasers gives one to Dr. Aspen and says we're going to go to engineering bypass the lockdown and send a distress call follow me Meanwhile, Pike on the Serene Squall is put into a cell with the rest of his command staff, and he looks pretty beaten up because he's been beaten up and they are worried about him, but uh, he gets scanned by Mbenga and it seems like he's fine. And he says, hey, all is well. Uh, I've convinced the captain to try and sell us to the Klingons. And everyone's like, what are you crazy? But then Una says, oh, no, Chris, not Alpha Braga four. And Pike's like, oh, yeah, Alpha Braga four. And when the other uh, bridge crew are like, what does that mean? Spike says, we're going to start a mutiny. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, Spike. It, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: meanwhile. <Spock.
1: laughs>
0: okay, I heard you. <laughs> Spock has to make, sure. make it to engineering where they find Nurse Chapel. And Spock overrides the lockout, and he seals security, uh, 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 engineering, and he scans for the Serene Squall, and he asks asks Aspen to help. And then as he's working, all the systems get transferred back to the bridge, and the doors to engineering open up. And then when he turns to Aspen to say, what's going on, Aspen goes, ha ha ha, I'm not Dr. Aspen, you idiot. I'm Captain Angel of the Serene Squall. And they have both phasers trained on them yeah, come on. So they take Spock and chapel to the bridge that the pirates have on lockdown. They test out the weapons They're like, woo, we stole the ship, baby. They do what pirates do, kind of like dance and laugh and scream and have a good time. If it was a musical, they would have broken it down to a song that's like about how pirate life is so wonderful. Uh, And then Angel admits, the Captain Angel, no longer Dr. Aspen, uh, admits the Enterprise was not the goal. T'was Spock, t'was the goal. Just needs him to keep being him. And we flash to Pring, who gets a transmission from the Enterprise. Guess what? It's Captain Angel. And they're using Spock as bait, as a captive, because uh, the uh, uh, Ash-Katan-Ketangle- and Kishtan-Ketil Center, I had to go all the way back to find that, uh, uh, has a prisoner in it, quote-unquote, that uh, named Zavarius, that... Uh, Captain Angel would like to trade for Spock's life. Now to Pring is like, listen, I would never do that. It's illogical. My position would be revoked. I would be in prison and it would bring shame to my family. But Angel's like, you're gonna do it anyway because your, your one true love is Spock and you'll do it. And I also, I know Vulcans feel emotions. They just try not to. Uh, and so Angel transmits codes from a rendezvous just outside of Federation space and tells to Pring, hey, you involve the Federation in this and you'll never see your pretty boy again and cuts off the communication. And Spock redoubles. He says, you know, Vulcans are not swayed by emotion. And that's what Captain Angel says. Oh, no. Well, I've been using emotion to sway you all day. Oh, these colonists that don't actually exist. And oh, my husband was killed by pirates. (laughs) All the stories. But it's all garbage because uh, it was just to manipulate them because Doctor, Doctor, I was going to say Dr. Angel, (laughs) Captain Aspen, Dr. (laughs) Captain, Dr. Captain, Lieutenant Colonel Angel, because Captain Angel is actually trying to get this prisoner of who is their one true love. Uh, And when Chapel questions the plan, Angel says, oh, I can tell from the look in your eyes that you know, love is the only thing worth fighting for in this cold, dark vacuum. It makes life worth living. And that's why Dupring is definitely coming. Meanwhile, on the pirate ship, Pike and Una and Banga and Ortega stage a little uh, sort of like a play for that uh, same crew person who was the one who uh, talked down the Orion captain before and said everyone should eat. And they do this whole thing. It's like, oh, the captain's going to work with Klingons. He doesn't know anything about Klingons. It's going to get everybody here killed. You know, and they're like uh, kind of planting the seed and they can see that it is working. They're like, hey, and if you need help over, you know, overthrowing the captain to keep you guys safe, we're willing to help. And then, uh, uh, as that crew person leaves, Pike says to Una, "Alpha of Four works every time." Uh, Dupring actually shows up at these coordinates, uh, and uh, Captain Angel is anxious to do the trade. Spock believes, after hearing some more of what Angel has said about this prisoner's various thinks that he knows who this prisoner is. And he decides to make a move, telling topring not to trade, to destroy the Enterprise, and said not to get, these pirates get the ship. But then Angel uses a a phaser, pew, to stun Spock, and gives topring 10 minutes to comply, or the next time they will set the phaser to kill. Spock awakes to find Tepring preparing for the trade. He looks up, he tells Chapel, he's like, I apologize for any liberties I might take, but you must follow my lead. He then makes a ploy that he and Chapel are having an affair, and Angel is (laughs) incredulous. (laughs) Angel is incredulous. Now we do remember that perhaps Chapel has some feelings for Spock that uh, have been evinced since perhaps episode one. Uh, But certainly the last time there were hijinks uh, and uh, Angel is incredulous, and Tobring is sort of incredulous. They're like, "Come on, please! It's ridiculous." So, in order to prove it, Spock and Chapel, they kissy, kissy, kissy—three kisses—because it's an intense. I can love it when it's you... an intense snog that goes on. What?
1: <laughs> Just <laughs> kiss, kissy, kissy, and snog. Um,
0: Listen, I, I. This is a family show. <laughs>
1: Certainly
0: is. <laughs> this is literally their kissing, but it's steamy. I wrote in my notes definitely some real disco heat on them lips. These are the things I read to myself. Uh, to Pring and Spock, therefore sever their relationship. Dupring breaks comms. Angel orders the crew, therefore to destroy Dupring's ship, but they find that they're locked out of weapons and phasers and the shields are down. And then another ship warps in and guess what? It's a serene squall. And Pike gets up on the screen and he says, get the hell out of my chair. And he orders Ortega to gently disable the, the, uh, the thrusters. Uh, they have they have taken over the bridge of the Serene Squall. On Enterprise, Spock turns to Angel and says it would be logical to surrender, but Angel has no intention of surrendering. Says there's more to life than logic, and pulls the necklace out uh, from the one from before. Is what I wrote. pulls out the necklace from before. <laughs> Mentions that Severus spoke of Spock quite a bit, and that actually Angel Captain Angel was very excited to meet him in real life. Tells him still not to be caught up in whether he is human or Vulcan that it is not what he is, but rather who he is. And then, using the necklace, beams just themselves off the bridge uh, into that trailing ship that we saw before and immediately goes to warp, leaving the rest of the pirates stranded on the ship. Spock shows up in the chair, uh, opens up a communication with the Serene Squall, reveals that the pirates have been surrendered. Pike et al reveal that they may have taken over the bridge uh, somewhat prematurely and that the uh, the pirate ship is in a state of chaos as the mutiny is still happening and could uh, Spock maybe transport them out as soon as possible. And the little end here, Pike's log, he knows that uh, the Starfleet has a serene squall and the crew of the serene squall in custody. He does a terrible pirate impression. Number one tells him to cut it out. Spock is meditating. A door opens. Topring enters, having come to visit. Spock apologizes for the ruse. Pring's like, I always knew. You could never have feelings for Nurse Chapel. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know me so well. And then Tupring, uh, they do a little kissy-kissy. And then looking deep into each other's eyes, Topring suggests that they perform a quote rebonding ritual and then the uh, camera pans away from them as they kiss and my notes say ahem. Uh, final scene Spock goes to Sickbay to speak to Chapel he's thanking her for her help on the bridge thought that because Chapel is human oh maybe you need to uh, discuss your feelings <laughs> okay Spock and Chapel's like listen i know you're honest you're vulcan you're a good friend and you wouldn't you wouldn't pursue another woman while you're 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 ostensibly wifed up with to bring. And he's like, oh, yes, 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 yes. You know me well. <laughs> uh, 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 Chapel asks about the prisoner. says, you said something on the bridge about how you must know who the prisoner is based on what Captain Angel was saying. And Spock says, oh, yes, yes. It is someone I have been told to avoid at all costs. It is the son that Ambassador Sarek had out of wedlock. And Chap was like, isn't Ambassador Sarek your dad? And he's like, that's right. He had a son before me, full Vulcan, but rejects logic. He's part of the Votash Katur." Spock believes that Zavarius is an assumed name for none other than Spock's half-brother, go oh.
1: oh, is that a dun-dun-dun moment? I
0: figured, yeah. I figured it
1: there, there it
0: is. Uh, yeah. Hey listen, you gotta go pretty deep into the the uh, TOS movies to know who Cybok is, but they do a little nice little scene there at the end where uh, some people are on that uh, that uh, rehabilitation center and you see a a bearded, unkempt Vulcan look over the shoulder in shadow, but you don't see their face. <gasps> who is Cybok? Here endeth episode seven, season one. Star Trek Strange New Worlds, entitled The Serene Squall. And Serene and Squall are oh lore. Ish. Twas. Let's chat about that. I say, darling. Let's do a quick chat about that. Yes. Yes, let's do. Yes, yes. Yes, let's do.
1: Let's do. What would you like to chat about?
0: Oh, well. I mean, listen, it's not the A plot line, but I mean, Spock has perhaps inadvertently realized that he might have feelings. Nurse Chapel. Truly a rom-com moment where like two friends kiss and they realize oh shit. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. We had to do it to save the ship but now whoa what a kiss that was. Uh, and now Spock's like uh, uh, a Vulcan a uh, uh, human. Uh, uh, am I exploring these sides? Uh, yeah. I don't know. What do you th- What do you think Spock's going to do? Obviously he's still getting it on. With... I think
1: Tuprain's going to dump him. I think he won't have to be the asshole who makes a decision, I feel like T'Pring will dump him. I don't know yeah. why yet, but I see that happening.
0: I don't remember what, you know, T'pring shows up in the original series, but I can't remember in what capacity. Uh, hmm. But anyway, but has Box wife? Is that true? Anyway, yeah, I mean, and also Nurse Chapel's from the original series, so it's a, it's a little complicated how where they're trying to drive this, because obviously all that happens, you know, later when Kirk is in charge. Uh, Dr. Aspen Captain Angel, a charismatic villain, huzzah
1: Indeed, very charismatic a little I mean, it was very fun, I thought there were moments where it was ridiculously over the top Mm -hmm. Um, it was just it was just verging on over the top and I was like, I can't decide whether I like it or not
0: Well, I kind of dug it as an introduction, because you get like a, you get this character, you're like wow, there's a lot going on with this captain here
1: like I, mm-hmm.
0: I guess I knew I knew from like the the scene where Aspen comes to check on Spock, I was like, something's not right with this doctor. Like mm-hmm. the they kept putting them in like like really hip all black and they have that tattoo over their eye. They just look so like cool fucking pirate captain <laughs> the whole time. I was like, are they the captain of this shit? I don't know. But I like that they got away and that there might be, you know, further adventures with Angel. And and they've connected them with Cybok, which is mm-hmm. you know, kind of interesting. Cybok is a terrifying character.
1: Yeah, there's got to be an overarching plot line here. You know, yeah. to introduce Spock's half-brother. <coughs> um, very soap opera.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: my half-brother. Dun-dun-dun. You know?
0: And then, you know... You just see a mm. a Vulcan look over their shoulder with a beard, <laughs> maybe an eye patch. Uh, yeah. Is it played by Ethan Pack too? <laughs> yes,
1: I have no I idea. I didn't. We didn't see that the face. Very or so saw the... No, no, we it, didn't see the we face. Just, we just face. caught. It would just yeah, be was very just funny thing.
0: That mm. would be almost over. That would be way over the top. But I do feel like Doctor Angel is sort of like a Harry Harry Mudd type, but not yes. as fun loving. Like a little bit more sinister. Mm.
1: I do want to. Say from a, On a personal note, I was delighted to see another non-binary character in the Trek first. And outside of Discovery, because I feel like Discovery gets a really bad rap for being like woke, where Strange New Worlds isn't getting that reputation. And it's just but it's just cool. And, yeah. you know, so to sort of see it outside and in more of the mainstream Trek, if you like. Right. I think that's that's cool and important.
0: Oh, yeah. Critical. Yeah, I guess Mm. I glossed over that because we have a cool pirate captain. But also, representation is important as well. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, representation representation is important, but can we talk about badass, this Captain Angel? First of all, I was also wondering, like, what is their captain name going to be? And I, I, at first, was like, ugh, Angel, I mean... But then I was like... So
1: ironic. It's an oxymoron, isn't it?
0: Yes. It's great. Captain Angel, the pirate. Mm. Anyway... I hope that they really mess up tons of stuff for Enterprise. <laughs> uh, and I was realizing, I don't know if this, were you, are you going to do, are you doing Easter eggs? Uh, No. Okay. I
1: was at a wedding and so I didn't then, have time.
0: Well, then we can talk Thanks. about, because uh, I didn't want to take it away from Easter egg, but obviously Cybok is from Star Trek, the original series movie, Five, mm. which I think is called. Yes. No, that's Final not Frontier. Point of No Return. Uh, Final Frontier. Final, I just said. Frontier.
1: <laughs> final frontier. All right, final frontier. Final it's frontier. Final
0: frontier. I get, tr- I have trouble after the voyage home with the names. It's final frontier, and the other one is like a uh, uh, Hamlet quote, a uh, 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 country from who's born, no traveler. It doesn't matter. The point is, five we meet Cyborg, and so nobody knows about Cyborg on the modern Enterprise. Uh, like the the Kirk's Enterprise, so I'm wondering if they can now introduce. And all we know about Cybok, as you said, uh, off mic. I've always wanted to say that on a podcast when we were talking off mic. <laughs> uh, we mentioned that uh, that I'm about to sneeze.
1: <laughs> Bless you. Wah! I love it when I've, I love it when my oh. life is easy after to edit. That's great. Yes.
0: Well, I, I let you know that I was sneezing, you so you hear it uh i didn't just do it in the middle of a word like that time i burped uh the uh the uh i think they could do a whole plot with cybot getting out and you know wreaking all kinds of havoc in future seasons and then getting banished from the planet and it would all make sense that no one on the new enterprise knew about Cybok, you know Mm. so i think we can actually look forward to maybe seeing Cybok in action here
1: yeah I wonder whether he's sort of going to be the, the Q, if you like. Not in the sort of sense of Q, but just mm-hmm. in the, you know, boomerang type way that we just we encounter Q. Keeps or in them. fact lore. That's what I was thinking of. It's not Q, it's more, lore. Like, lore. more like Lore. I think
0: I think they're gonna make Cybak more like lore. So like once every season, oh they get caught up in something something goes totally wrong. They're like, What's all this? And then right before the credits, Cybok walks in clapping, Ah, half brother <laughs> You know, that's how I'd write it. So that's cool.
1: <laughs> I see. It. There, I don't yeah. see why at some point you can't be a, a writer for Jack.
0: I think because they'd be like, all of this is over the top. Who do you think you are? Uh
1: I mean, really, after this episode with a half brother and yeah. a, you know, dual identity pirate captain. Oh,
0: yes. Mm hmm. And oh, yeah, but I feel like I'd be, a, I just have a lot of like, if you thought that Captain Angel was written slightly over the top, if I was writing Captain Angel, they would have been like as wordy as Picard and as capricious as Q and as, as like uh, attitude y as lore.
1: I, there's, there's part of me that wonders whether you could actually get through it because you'd get so excited.
0: Yeah, it would take a long time for me to write that. Right. It would probably be a pretty experimental two-part episode that's mostly a monologue by Angel stuck in a pod like an escape pod in space being like it all went wrong and a lot of like flashbacks like 36 hours earlier, you know. Wow. <laughs> I have a lot of writing to do. Fanfic. Okay. Also, does this mean that we have to watch Star Trek 5, which means, unfortunately, that we have to watch Star Trek 3 and 4, which uh, you have not seen yet. 4 is wonderful. 3, woof. Woofta, ufta.
1: I haven't seen... Uh, we said we would watch Star Trek The Motion Picture with the director's commentary, which we haven't done yet.
0: Did, but we did watch the, the original TOS, right? Or do we not? Have we only watched... Uh, oh, wow. Because I told you it was boring. Is it my yes. fault that we didn't want to see it? Your... Yes, mm. I feel bad about that. I, sh- I shouldn't have done that, but it is boring. <laughs> so we went straight to to uh, <laughs> Rath of Wrath Khan. of Khan. <laughs> That's on me.
1: Certainly, we've not seen any others.
0: <laughs> All right, we've not watched well, any of those as part of gosh.
1: our parties. We could do that. We have. When's our? Hang on, we have a hundredth episode coming up. I think it might be. Ooh, oh no! Same. It might
0: be like this one. We Is should the next one. Keeping it mindful, well, we yeah. still have three episodes of Watch McCall left.
1: All right. Well, we'll celebrate the hundredth after the finale. How's that?
0: We'll celebrate the hundredth episode on Independence.
1: On the hundred and first episode.
0: On the hundred and whatever, when I'm back home <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I don't know what we'll do. Uh, but that could be cool. We could watch TOS, the original, mo- to the visit. most Star Trek, the motion picture. Star Trek, the motion picture. The motion picture from 1979. From 1979, Master Bruce. Yep, that got into uh, Michael Caine lunch. Star Trek, the motion picture, Master Bruce. But No, (laughs) you are only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Michael Caine.
1: Michael Caine. Michael Caine.
0: I'm Michael Caine. I'm Michael Caine. I have this other thing about Michael Caine, and this is very important to our Star Trek show. Is that the way you say Michael Caine, in his accent? Is you say my cocaine,
1: my cocaine. I'm Michael Caine. I'm Michael
0: cocaine. Get your hands off my Michael cocaine. Caine.
1: Get your get your hands off my, my cocaine. <laughs> get your
0: hands off my cocaine, Buff. Why do we fall, Buff? <laughs> What a stupid thing yeah. for us to talk about. Do I have anything else left in chat here? Uh, I thought it was cute that Pykin was able to do that mutiny with the crew and their little their little uh, acting thing. Yeah. They did too. I thought that was really fun hijinks in the sort of like B plot line of them trying to get off the serene squall. Uh, it was very All fun. Right.
1: I don't have any news other than some fun facts. Fun facts.
0: Fun facts. Let's do it.
1: Uh, ready? Do we have to do it together?
0: Yeah. Uh, Fun facts. facts.
1: That's not bad. We'll see if that it's works. hard with
0: lag, but we did
1: alright. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Terry Metalos uh, has been recently interviewed because no, he's quite the uh, prolific tweeter. You would probably quite like him. Oh. Um, yes. So he uh, was on an interv- uh, was was interviewed on Inglorious Treksperts, uh, <laughs> a, pod- a podcast, if you if you will, with uh, people not that aren't asked, and uh, he he had some um, comments about Picard Season 3 as he's in post-production, saying that it's very much the passing of the torch from one generation to the next. So, you know, in the same way that they did in TNG when Bones was walking around the Enterprise with Data, an encounter at Firepoint, um, and when Spock came on in unification and had that arc with Picard. So, I think Mm -hmm. he feels really good about that, and I know that he then talks about some of the, the other characters, and he felt that Nemesis wasn't the best send off oh sorry he said this. yeah mm. he, he thought Star Trek 6 was not was a good send off but it was uh, for the original crew, right. but it wasn't you know for TNG he didn't really feel that they, they had that with Nemesis and he wanted to make sure that Gates McFadden had a really strong story in Picard 3 mm-hmm. um, felt she was a really fascinating character lets her son go off into the universe and LeVar Mr. Mr. the LaForge so when he pitched Geordie the story that he had in mind Geordie got so, sorry, uh, Lavar got so emotional that he cried. So he thought, ooh, this is one to include. And of course, oh. our favorite Jonathan Frakes. Um, there's a lot so, yeah. of Riker, I believe, in in Picard season three. So, um, okay. it's very interesting. And I'm wondering to whom the mantle shall be passed, if it is going As to be I. a passing of the torch. I assume and Seven, because we've lost a shit ton of characters at the end of season yeah, two. Yeah, we
0: know that uh, Soji's not coming back. Mm-hmm. And that Rios is dead in the past.
1: Borgati is no longer Borgati. doctor.
0: Yeah, it would be very confusing to add her to canon because mm. uh, she's a half Borg, half Doctor Gerardi Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it would be, but it would be the adventures of Rafi and Seven.
1: I guess so. Yeah.
0: And the Fenris Rangers.
1: Well, yeah, that sounds, sounds really cool. Oh, and Elnor.
0: It? Wait, Elnor's oh, that's not coming right. back.
1: Uh, Elnor. Yeah, Elnor came back. He he lived. Okay,
0: all right. Q no, no. But back. I mean, is he coming back? This oh
1: no, he's not great. coming back. I think he. No, he's not coming
0: back. I think he's done now. Yeah. So they're like yeah. focusing. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll see. There's all kinds of secrets, people. Is that the only fun fact?
1: Yeah, that was it. So well, sorry. so sorry. I had a great
0: time. Quotable fun moments.
1: Fact. Fun.
0: Fun. Quotable moments. Yes. Quotable moments. Oh, I'll start. Uh, to Pring saying, I've been attempting to introduce experimentation into our relationship in an effort to, as humans are apparently fond of saying, spice things up.
1: Indeed. Good one. Good one. Good one. I have didn't write one? any down. No, I don't. I didn't. Oh. I, I, I was stressing oh, to did. watch it, and then I went to the sodding oh, right. wedding, You're, so I so have nothing. You
0: went to the sodding. What you saying, sodding? Mark oh, Cocaine. My, goodness. my cocaine. Kito went to the uh great well I loved uh nurse Chapel saying to Spock don't be smarter than the truth which mm-hmm. i think is just a great I would wear a shirt that says that but it would seem like I was trying to be smarter than the truth you can't anyway uh and uh I guess as my uh I also enjoyed uh Tupring saying Ankesh... cash Dunky. Klingon is so easy for me, Vulcan so difficult. Ankishton Katil is not a prison. It's a rehabilitation center. And Angel says, Whatever, Paktar Pakta. <laughs> <laughs> I would wear that shirt any day. Whatever, Paktar Pakta. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I'm easily entertained. Yes, you are. Oh, oh, and then there's this uh, moment with Chapel and Spock, where Chapel says, "Hey, pro tip, pay better, pay better attention to me when I'm talking, because." And Spock finishes, "You are very charming, and I'm completely missing it." And Chapel says, "Progress, you're learning." Anyway, yeah, those were some that's nice cute. Clothes. Shall we get into next time? Let's do. Next time on Set Phasers. Hey, next time on Set Phasers, we'll be talking about episode eight of season one, episode eight of ten, the anti-penultimate episode of season one of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, uh, entitled The The Elysian Kingdom. I looked it up this time. Good job. Good job! So proud! Thank so you. proud! Thank you, thank you, all. Well, I had an extra five minutes. Uh, the Elysian Kingdom. Who knows what it will be about? But we will be here to cover it. Uh, speaking of, if you've enjoyed the program, I'm sure that you have, as much as we have done, then you can find our, our back programs wherever you get your podcast, wherever that might be. We have covered uh, all the the modern Star Trek to date, including uh, th- four seasons of uh, four seasons. Yes, four seasons of Discovery. Two Two seasons of Picard, two seasons of uh, Lower Decks, and now almost a complete season of Strange New Worlds and with no signs of stopping uh, either. So please yes. do find us wherever you get your podcasts and hey, if you're on Apple uh, Podcasts, uh, feel free to leave a review.
1: Why not? Do rate and subscribe. Do, please, Great. if you enjoyed subscribe. our podcast. And, of course, join our Patreon, patreon.com slash where you could buy us coffee and we will hang out with you and have that coffee. Uh, via Zoom hangs and such prof. Uh Yes, yes at phasescom forward slash, that's not it. Patreon.com forward slash said
0: phasers. That's it. And oh yes, we, well we also have a uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook, don't we do? Uh, we do. We've got uh, Set Phases uh, podcast uh, on Instagram and Set Phases. Uh, it's all Stevie. In case you're wondering, meme game strong.
1: Thank you so much at Set Phases and at Set Phases podcast. And that is all from us here. At, I didn't do my my Easter egg, so I'm desperate to do my my correspondent. That's all from do us here. It. <laughs> The Set Phasers start where? Who are we? Well, that's all from us here at Set Phasers. It's uh, back to you at home and enjoy your enjoy your week. That sounds a bit
0: weird. I'm Stevie Mads. Oh, oh boy, that almost made me forget what I was going to say. And I'm Spock's half brother, <laughs> Cybok. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek program pro- podcast.
1: Podcast program
0: computer. I, I wanted to say program because I was doing a British accent. Oh. <laughs>
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry oh, it means cut you off the it was already in progress in. <laughs> <laughs> it was already happening i
0: think I, yeah wow what a morning